From Sales Loft Podcast, it's No Nonsense Sales with your tour guide through the alphabet wilderness of sales jargon, Tom Boston. You're listening to episode 16 of No Nonsense Sales. And let me just start by taking a moment here, a moment of reflection, uh, before we start the show to say thank you for listening and supporting the show by doing so. If you are enjoying these episodes, why not share them with someone that you know, share them with a seller, you know, share them with anyone, share them with your mum. She could be future sales superstar. Who, who knows? If you have been sent this show, let me just tell you what's going on. This is the podcast where we take cliches, buzzwords, salesy terms, and we ask the big questions. Usually though, the question is, well, what does that even really mean? And today we finally are using the P word on the show, pipeline, something that you have to build. I've never been really great at building anything. True story, it once took me four days to build a wardrobe. Flat pack Ikea wardrobe nearly defeated me. Must be broken this, that's what I always say to the missus. This one must be broken, it must have gone wrong in the factory. No, it's not lined up. I think they're all broken. Maybe all the wardrobes are, are wrong. Pipeline building, just as tricky, right? Get a lot of pushbacks. People saying, call me back in six months, 12 months, two years. That's always a depressing one. Let me just, two years, let me make a note of that. Call me back in two years. Okay, got it. I think it's about staying top of mind, right? There's a lot of ways you can do this. The worst way is to check in, touch base, circle back. I'm just checking in. I'm just touching base. Are you, is it a good time now? Even though I know it's only been a few weeks. We see a lot of success at Sales Loft with something called a nurture cadence, which drip feeds relevant content to your prospects that have said yes, but not right now. You can set up that cadence, which nurtures your prospects, but it doesn't bombard them, which is what everybody wants, right? I also believe in building a personal brand as a great way to stay top of mind. So when it has been two years and you do finally call that person back. Oh yeah, I know you. I know your content. I know your face. Much easier to have that chat. The key is creativity. Standing out, not just doing what everybody else does, which is exactly why I invited Dale Dupree to talk on this week's episode. His mantra is sell more and suck less. He's the founder and now CSO at the Sales Rebellion, helping sales teams to rebel against typical results. Of course, I had to start by asking him exactly what it means to suck less in sales. Yeah, so like the whole concept of sucking is really what we should start with here. And so the word itself kind of sucks, right? So when someone would, is to say something to you like, you suck, kind of hurts, right? But sales is hard and it hurts constantly. And so for me, it's always been about this like very raw, very genuine perspective around what it really is that truly we're trying to do with salespeople, which is that we're not trying to suck. <laughs> and and that we the identity of that is, though, is that it's not about like, oh, I made cold calls better or I, I, follow, I sent this really dope follow-up email subject line. It's about literally it's about the experience that we give to people more so than it is like our own actions to not suck. It's about the perception of somebody else because the only reason that somebody would say that you suck is because they think you suck in the first place. So this identity of saying, well, 
if we take the selfishness out of sales and we put selflessness in its place, it will suck less because of the way that we're making other people feel. So even when somebody says no, it's the best no you ever got because it has something attached to it that's not just like, take me off your email list. It's like, hey, I don't, I normally don't respond to these emails because I, I hate salespeople, but I just wanted to commend you for your work. And and there'd be people out there, bro, I just want to say that we'll hear what I just said and go, but that's not a result. And I would say, damn those people and their, their kind of crappy, mediocre opinion and that like, that's exactly what you need is emotional responses and, and people like feeding into the, the experience you're giving because you can turn that into anything you want from there forward. I like that a lot because if we talk about typical results, then often a typical result, as you said, there is to be completely ignored as a salesperson, right? Which is which is no result, right? That's that's completely zero, and that is the norm for a lot of people, right? To to never hear back from a prospect. So yeah, I like the idea of trying to get to a place where actually we are getting responses, and they're not always going to be positive because again, that's that's kind of sales life, right? Um, but what? What does it look like for the people that you work with then? And what what are they seeing on a day-to-day that is helping them to to rebel? And, and how do they surprise and, and delight the people that they're reaching out to? Great question. So the way that we look at our rebellion is when it comes to the difference that we provide for the sales world, because we... I do want to say this, that ultimately we do believe in a lot of the things that some of the popular folks talk about in regards to sales tactics or perspective. But ultimately, we think that most of it is played out and washed up and that we need change inside of the sales board. So we we look at everything through a creative lens, number one. So instead of saying, um, here's a routine to start your day. That you should, if you do every day for the next, you know, 60 months or whatever the, the, the slice is for, you know, the outcome, you'll be successful. Instead, we say, listen, it's going to take six years, first off, is what we tell people to become the best that you clearly could become. And, and so the moments matter, yes, but ultimately for the next six years, do you want to be doing the same thing over and over again? Because that's the definition of insanity. So we, we start with this lens of creativity. We look at it through the perspective of the long term and we say, how do we make every moment fun for you? And, and fun is, is something that, see, a lot of people think of that word and they think, okay, fun is like goofing off and not working and that's dumb and, and that's, that's simple mindedness. Fun is enjoying your life. Fun is a hard work ethic because you like it and the outcomes that it, that it comes with. The, like, I'm probably the only person that will ever say this on your podcast openly. And I hope a lot of people hear this too, so they can talk smack to me. The whole James Clear Atomic Habits thing, like great guy, great book. There's pe- they, people in my company that like live by that book, as a matter of fact. <laughs> but this whole idea of that you have to do the boring stuff to be successful, like, God, I hate that mindset. I freaking hate that. I think that that's dumb. I think that what you should be saying is like, wait, why do you find it boring? Like, why do you find what most would say is mundane or basic as boring if it leads to ultimately these epic outcomes? Now, sure, if it's like, well, I have to fill this spreadsheet out, right? Well, that that's fine. But like, fill the spreadsheet out listening to like nothing but disco music the entire time, like from a generation that you never have experienced and like 
turn all the lights off and get naked while you fill out the spreadsheet. You know, I mean, like literally, guys, I'll come up with an answer for anything you tell me is boring and help you to see it through a creative, fun, long term lens. And that's what the rebellion is all about. <laughs> well, I think a lot of our listeners, um, you know, will be thinking what I'm thinking right now. I'm not too sure about naked spreadsheets, but I can definitely relate to right this idea of trying to bring some joy and some light to what can be and again i'll i'll say it sometimes quite a mundane role right it feels like it might never end and sales does never end right those targets are constantly being refreshed and i'm definitely a champion of trying to find exciting ways to make things that might be boring uh, a much much less boring now something that a lot of people might think is slightly boring and is quite tedious is this idea of building pipeline which is very cleverly linked there you can see dale the exact thing that we're talking about today so first off how can you make that not be a boring task and secondly how important is it to actually build a strong pipeline as a, as a seller and so I think you said it best at a hot minute ago. You said that sales is never ending. I, I, I literally believe that sales is the never ending story. And, and the more that we look at it from that lens, the more we can either sit back and say, okay, cool. So I'll just accept that this is the way it is, or I'll rebel and, and live it in my own way. And so there's a couple of theories that I created a long time ago, one of being the sales wanderer. So I, I looked at something like a territory as a community. And so my pipeline wasn't a territory or a, you know, rusted, leaking, you know, crappy pipe, you know, sitting in my office, right? It was, instead, it was this place of wonder that I could wander in. And the thought being, well, if it's a community and ultimately it's a place that I can go and wander, then it's, I'm now an adventurer. I am now exploring I am now challenging myself. I am now taking risks. I am now getting uncomfortable. I am now making Dale better at the end of the day. And so I, I created formulas around those thought, that big picture, I should say, thought process that helped me to create micros in the in in that same from that same perspective. But so like where most people would say, all right, I'm gonna send 60 new people. Uh, I'm gonna stick into my sequence this week and start prospecting them. And they hit go on something automated. Like for me, I would I go I would like literally go down the list of people one at a time, and I would say like, what do I know about these people, and why would they care about me putting them in a sequence in the first place, and me showing up at their office, showing up over their phone, showing up over their email, whatever the case. And by trying to attach purpose essentially to people, I started to recognize that the thing that I said earlier, this essence of community and not territory was like a literal thing that I started to realize there was a, a, a better way to calculate the success of a pipeline and build that success as well too. So for example, I would, I would take, or when I had a short running pipeline, so like, let's just say I usually had about 50 to 60 active deals working at a time when I was a copier sales rep, if I felt like I was getting short, like let's say I was down to 40, I would, instead of saying, I need 20 more because that's my standard, I would say, I'm going to go and see five new people this week. And I'm going to try to get four of them to tell me to my face that they will never buy from me. And I'm going to try to get one of them to tell me I might have an interest in 
four years from now. <laughs> right. That was my abundance theory coming to, to play. And, and so I would say, well, cool. So I have to get a response. Like I can't just send an email and cross my fingers. Like I have to get a response. So I'd show up as an example for one of the crazy things I've done in my career with like balloons that said, congratulations all over it. And I'd have a note that said like, you just entered into my pipeline. How excited are you? And people would lose their mind over some of the stuff that I would do. And so imagine that I'd go back to those five people if I didn't meet them the day of, okay. And that happened a lot for me. I'd go back to those people and, and instead of going, Hey, did you get my balloons? I, I would send them a, a little air pump to blow more up and, and be like, clearly there wasn't enough. And so here are some more. And, and eventually someone would just say, stop, I'm interested, but I don't have anything, you know, open or available in regards to the need that you fix for a couple of years. Can you keep in touch with me? Like those were the types of standardized responses I got. And in my industry, bro, this is the standardized response. Not interested. Stop calling me. Go away. We don't have a copier when there's one sitting right behind the desk, right? Like the, like the standardized response was very negative, very evil, <laughs> even in some instances and caused a lot of doubt and like self-deprecation ultimately as well too because you would constantly tell yourself well i'm a suck at this uh and then you just became cynical and hated people <laughs> but my experiences were so much different and so pipeline building for me was always an adventure and it was a lot of fun well i think that the idea of giving prospects a unique experience i absolutely love that and it's something that i really tried to do as a seller right i'd often ask myself before sending out a prospect email right, or a prospect video, is this the best piece of prospecting that they're going to get this week? And if the answer is no, let's do it again. Let's change it. Let's think about really surprising them. And again, like you said, giving them a unique experience. So yeah, I absolutely love that. And thanks so much for, for sharing. Now, um, you know, as well as I do, that we wrap up these podcasts with great advice like you've just given but also a, a pump up song right and everyone's got one it's the song that you put on if you want to get ready for a cold calling session uh, i know what yours is because you shared it with me before but could you just share with our listeners um what the song is and why that you've chosen it's called this is the rhythm of the night and i chose it because as a kid i used to go watch the orlando magic play and you know, they were the nineties. I was, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old and they were a hot commodity back then. Mm -hmm. And that was the song they used to play. And it just got me so pumped, made me feel so good. And I just want to hear Tom bring it home, you know? Well, I'm going to try my best to, to bring it home. Uh, I'm very fond of the nineties and this song definitely holds a place in my heart, but Dale, thanks so much for uh, joining me on the show and uh, appreciate your time. Thank you so, so much, so kind, so kind. We're taking it back to the 90s now with a truly unique version of Rhythm of the Night. Oh, this is the rhythm of the night, the night, oh yeah. The rhythm of my life, this is the rhythm of my life. If you are new to the show and you thought what on earth was that that's how we end each episode but you can hear the full track sang in tune 
on Spotify. Just search No Nonsense Sales. There's a playlist of that song and all the songs featured in this season. But don't forget to subscribe while you're on Spotify to the No Nonsense Sales podcast. Or you can use your favourite podcast player or just visit salesloft.com slash podcast. <laughs>